Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Safina Society Nothing But Facts live stream where it's a beautiful, gorgeous, warm, sunny Monday in the great state of New Jersey, in the city of New Brunswick, where I'm joined by Habib across the terminal, Oz next to me, Salman S., formerly from Chicago, then formerly from Texas, and now in New Jersey for the summer intensive, which is kicking off tonight, in which we will have four um, classes a week, and then all the Friday night programming, and then all the weekend activities that guys will be doing, um, all sorts of critical things. Like you probably guys go to Makassar every f- Sunday now that we Sunday don't have Sunday. a Sunday night class. You go for the Burta uh, nights there. Uh, afternoons really after Asr. Is there a, a champagne bottle looking thing right there that has Zamzam water in it? I'm gonna take that home. Uh, very beautiful label, but curious about the shape of the bottle because this is sort of known for Najessa, like champagne and stuff. Now it has Zamzam water in it, but I guess like I understand their intention is great. But just uh, for your information, some people may be commenting and saying, like, look, if I'm yeah. holding this like this, what do you think yeah. I'm holding, right? Uh, yeah. So that's why um, maybe a different shape bottle, something unique, something only Muslims have thought of. Yeah. Like a shape that's unique to us. And that becomes your Zamzam bottle. Yeah. How about when you're having coffee, right? In the movies, and you oh, see yeah. the guy do this and his yeah, coffee. Yeah. It's just like a little liquor bottle looking yeah. thing the problem is these liquor so. companies they got a monopoly on the nice looking bottles that's the thing uh, we uh, oh we have a packed house today ahmed ali zape so a lot of our guys are moving on kareem is moving on Sheikh murad's moving on Sheikh nisad has already left ahmad is leaving ryan ryan is already out okay so now we're we're gonna we're gonna have basically zabe come up and get in training Oz is going to med school. Halfway. Huh? I'll be like halfway. Oz is like oscillating. Yeah, inshallah. Okay, inshallah. Make so someone like Oyan is staying though. So Oyan is going to have to take on the bigger burden here with the guys and, and the crew. Right? He's going to yeah. become a captain. There Oyan was like a vacuum though, like during the pandemic. Yeah. And like a couple of years before that, all the older guys and the senior guys, they moved on. Moin was in South Jersey. Yep. Uh, South Harun was gone. Yep. Ali bin Saad got a job. Yep. So it was a big vacuum. Now there's a good rotation yeah. going That's on. That's because also we, we didn't have gatherings for two a year. Yeah. And then we had these halfway gatherings, right? Uh, COVID style. Got. By the way, what is going on with the COVID again? Ahmed, you're where? You're in the medical field. Why are people wearing masks again? But what, is something happening? I, did I miss... Precaution in 2023 yeah. when it's been done with? Yeah. Oh, him. What's going on? Is There's no news. I didn't hear of any outbreak. No, no. Yeah, not like there's still like recommendations like to like wear masks and stuff like that. Even like the hospital, there's like they, like there's like N95 testing, you have to uh, get testing for masking and stuff like that. But I don't really see the need for it. Okay, because I'm thinking Nimra's asking where they're going. They go to study. Shall we? They move on to study or they move on with life sometimes. 
like they're shabab that come and then either they move on with life, like they get a job somewhere, or they go to study. For example, Prince of Persia got a job with uh, Blue Planet, it's called. Uh, Blue Origin. Blue Origin, terrible name. Amazon's uh, going to space outfit. Okay. Like people like move on either for work or they move on, you know, to go study. And then who stays either. We haven't gotten yet to the phase of people who study and come back. So there's a lag with that. But some people find work here. Like Moin is back as an adult, stabilized adult. He's not moving around anymore. Ahmed Adi will probably move right away. I mean, uh, get work right away and stabilize. Hassan Usmani never really, he did leave for three years for work, came back, stabilized. And he's the founder of, and he's managing Mawadda. If you want to get married, go to mbic.org slash Mawadda. Okay. Um, so that's how the community works. Some people move on. Some people stay. Right. And, the guys who stay, eventually, we're going to get to a point where the all the programming is not built on youth. The youth could just be students or and attendees and volunteers. But the programming itself would be built on stable, the stabilized guys, like Hassan Osmani, for example. We're waiting for Noah to come in from Ohio. Now we begin on the reading from the works of Sayyid Muhammad al-Alawi al-Maliki. Okay. Kamalu khalqi al-qalbi al-Muhammadi. The complete, the, the, the perfection is really, Kamal is translated as the perfection of the creation of the heart of the Prophet The heart is the most important organ where the heart is directed, the intellect works. The intellect just works wherever your heart's directed. So if you, if you love something, your mind will work to make it work, right? To make it make sense to you. Okay, they, some people call this the, um, what is it called again, Oz? Bias? Confirmation bias. Confirmation bias. Well, that's actually true except that a confirmation just because you want something to be true does it it's for sure that that's how the heart works but that doesn't necessarily make it true or false just because i want something to be true doesn't make it true so just because i love something and i found a proof for it does not negate the proof the proof is measured just by logic and facts right that's how it's measured. So uh, I do agree that there is a confirmation bias exists, but I don't negate just because I want something to be true that it's not true, right? My desire for something to be true is what moves me to seek the proof in the first place. But that doesn't make it true or false. Uh, objective logic and objective fact. And that's where I find that it's so true what the what the Ahlatasov uh, said that the when the heart becomes sinful, the intellect stops working, and now we're in a world where the intellect is fought. Hard proofs are fought. When you tell somebody there is hard f facts and proofs for things, they'll find a way to, you know, um, 
turn that into some kind of, you know, a, uh, they just don't believe. There, there are movements out that don't believe in this. Even science, like everything is skewed. Right. In the Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, huwa khayrul qulubi. His heart is the greatest of hearts. Now, why is it the greatest of hearts? What makes it? He gives you a few characteristics. Number one, it's the vastest. It's the most vast. The correct way of saying it would be the most vast. Okay? It's the most vast. That means he has room for everybody. He has no limits to his heart. Some people have a limit to their heart. Okay? Some people, their heart is limited to themselves. Nobody else. Just themselves. Not the messenger, peace be upon him. His heart is extremely vast. Okay? And and that's why the concept that he loves in Ummah that has a billion people now, let alone the millennium and a half before that, is possible. For us, and when you love someone, you remember their name, you remember their states, you remember everything about them. For us, we would have a limit, right? It's like, how many people can I possibly... Uh, you know, how many people can I possibly remember? How many people can I possibly care about? But the Prophet Sallallahu is the most vast. And next quality, Aqwaha is the most strong. The Prophet, peace be upon him, faces faces more hate than anybody else. Okay, I told you all the dream of the man saw the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He went to Medina and he saw a vision of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Okay, saying that uh, and and people stoning his grave, so he became extremely scared. And he next night he spent the whole day like upset. Next night he saw that dream again. He saw the Prophet ﷺ said, "The people of your country, they say bad things about me." The Prophet is in this dream indicated the Prophet was aware that people in the West are saying terrible things about the Messenger. Peace be upon. You need to be strong to be able to face that. Atqaha, most pious. Anqaha, purest from all bad thoughts. Ammar kifaharuk. Tfadalukum ma'al qadeen. Ammar with his urban professional wear today. His New York uh, cosmopolitan outfit today. El <laughs> Yaniha. <laughs> The most soft in his treatment of people. Okay. Is my volume low? How's my volume looking there? Should be good. Al Yaniha. Most gentle, most soft in when he deals with people. Prophet peace be upon him was very soft when he dealt with people. No one felt that he was tough or hard. His heart understands they uh, scholars talk about the heart as also being a source of understanding so i bismillah it's a place of uh, the heart is is, a, is something that understands right there's knowledge in, of of the heart and so that's a little bit different than maybe contemporary views of things where only the intellect is what understands and the heart feels no we say the heart also has an understanding has a a, a Capacity or a tool that thinks. Okay. Al-wa'i. Al-yaqdhan. Always awake. What is awake to what? Awake to... Raise the volume just a little bit because a couple of people are saying it's low. Uh, what is awake to? It's awake to the remembrance of Allah. 
the reality of Allah. That is what wakefulness and sleep of the heart is in Islamic terminology, is when your heart is asleep. It's not that you're asleep from the world, you are asleep from yourself, from, from the reality of Allah's existence and presence and that he's watching and he's aware. That is al-yaqdhan. Okay. Habib Omar sponsored a, hockey, a soccer team in, uh, in Tarim of Shabab and he called it Firqat al-yaqdha. The team, you know, the, the team name was al-yaqdha, meaning aware to the existence of Allah and the watchfulness of Allah and the command of Allah. That's what the wakeful state is for us. Al-Fayyad bi-anwar al-Imani wal-Qur'an and it is constantly overflowing with the lights of Iman, meaning that his heart is constantly overflowing. Uh, meaning, what does that mean? That means the that in our understanding of, of things, there's a nur enters the heart. That presence of that heart that nur can then bounce off of other people and can spread. The Quran says, Who is better? The one who is dead or the one who we gave life? Uh, we gave him life and we put nur in him with which he walks into the people. Yamshi bihi finness. His light goes into the to people around him. So that is what we understand about the heart. And this is an extremely important part, if anyone who is into psychology, to understand the psychology of Muslims when it comes to the heart. That the heart is a receptacle of light, and that light, the, the bowl needs to be clean, or else the light won't be put into it. The soil needs to be clean, or else the seed won't be put into it. But once the heart is clean... Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's nur can come inside of it, come into it and develop it and become strong. Then when you walk around, you're bouncing that off. We know this about less than that because spiritual light is something that we take on belief, right? And we may have seen traces of it. But we all know that people have moods. What is a mood? It's much less than a spiritual state, right? A mood is more temporary. We know that if someone came in here who was angry, he'd mess up the whole vibe here. Another person walks in extremely bubbly and happy. Uh, if, a, if a guy's getting married tomorrow and he walks in here, doesn't he make the whole place becomes happy? Right? Because he's emitting that. If a guy comes in and he just had a funeral, all of a sudden we, we all change too. Because he's emitting that. So we know that about moods. Well, the Quran tells us about your spiritual realities too. And darkness is spread. There's some people who they come into a place and they spread darkness because in their heart they attract you can attract darkness. How do how does shaitan work? By the more you do blasphemous things, you actually attract a darkness. So they talk about dark matter in space. There is a it's not a light, it's the opposite of light. It's darkness. Darkness being something different, not just the absence of light. An actual darkness that enters the heart. And it connects you spiritually to that which is dark. Spirituality is not all good, right? Devil, connection to the devil is a form of spirituality. But it's a dark spirituality. And that's why the Tijaniya say there is alam, there is a, an unseen that is nurani, and there's an unseen that is dhulmani. 
the shamans and all these people from the last 10 days, uh, from, my, my eye caught that question. Uh, the shamans and the people from uh, the pagan priests, they tap into that darkness. That's why the people were scared of them because they did tap into something that they couldn't explain and that scared them. They do until now. They tap into this stuff. And the West, because they're atheists, is not immune to any of this stuff. Alistair Crowley and all these other people, they're all into the darkness. And so many inventions, not all inventions, but a lot of inventions. The claimant was that it was seen in a vision. Okay? And so some, who who knows what the, uh, what the benefit uh, or who is benefiting most behind these and who's inspiring a lot of, not all, can't say all technologies are evil or bad, but some maybe. Right and some who knows what their uh, their intent is, but many of these guys said that uh, they they were Satan worshippers, they were advanced in their fields, and they said their source was inspiration. But it's not going to be inspiration from God; it's inspiration from the dark side. So this idea of Star Wars is actually uh, they fictionalized reality, but it is there is a light side and a dark side, and there are many people in the middle who are neither this nor that. They just will go with whoever is strong or, or whatever world they're living in. So uh, these things exist. And this is where the greatest of hearts is the heart of the Prophet Wasallam, And this is why when the Prophet Wasallam began speaking in the rev- of the revelation, Sayyidina Ali heard a scream. And the Prophet, and he, and he, Prophet saw his face was startled. And the Prophet said, do you know what this is? Sayyidina Ali was still very young, like maybe nine years old. Because when he entered Islam, he was like seven or eight years old. And he heard the scream. And the Prophet said, that was Iblis. Screaming, knowing that he cannot stop the last message. Because the Prophet had just started his dawah. And then the Prophet told Ali, he said, you see what I see and you hear what, you, what I hear, except that you're not a prophet. His, his inner eye was clear because who raised him? The Prophet ﷺ raised him, right? If the Prophet, peace be upon him, is the one who raised you, then your inner eye is going to be clear. فَخَيْرُ الْقُلُوبِ قَلْبُهُ الشَّرِيفِ The greatest of hearts is his heart. جَاءَ فِي مُسْنَدِ أَحْمَدْ وَغَيْرُهُ في مسند أحمد وغيره عن ابن مسعود رضي الله عنه أنه قال إن الله تعالى نظر في قلوب العباد فوجد قلب محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم خير القلوب العباد فاصطفاه لنفسه وابتعثه برسالته ابن مسعود رضي الله تعالى عنه says that Allah gazed upon all the hearts of his servants and found no heart greater than the heart of the Mustafa so he chose him for his last for himself and for his last and final message then he looked at all those who were not prophets and found the took the best of their hearts and made them his companions so the first generation is the greatest of generations they are the ministers of his religion fighting for him. So whatever the Muslims see to be good is with Allah is good. 
And whatever the Muslims see is bad, it is in the sight of Allah bad. And what does that mean? That means that in case where there is no shara on a matter, there's no sharia on a matter, in the case where there is no revelation, no, no sunnah, and you need to make a judgment call, okay, then you, the, what the Muslims agree on as a urf, as an ijtihad collectively, that is what is good. That's what's good. So obviously, this is not in opposition to anything that would be in the Shia. That would make no sense, right? Okay. وَكَمَا أَنَّ قَلْبَهُ الشَّرِيفِ صلى الله عليه وسلم هو أزكال قلوبي وأطهرها. His heart is the purest and most beneficial. فَقَدْ شَقَّ صَدْرِ صَدْرُهُ الشَّرِيفُ being that it is this way, his heart was opened and the portion that shaitan can access was removed from his heart. This is part of Muslim belief is that the heart of the Prophet was opened physically and taken out and put into a bowl of ice, snow. And a part of that, a little black spot was taken. Now this black spot, if you open up any heart, you won't see it. But when the angel Jibreel comes, that which is generally unseen to us becomes seen. And I think the word material is not a fully accurate word. Everything is material. Angels are material. Soul is material. It's consisting of a very fine, subtle matter but it may not be of clay and it may not be visible to us so it's really the quranic breakdown is not material versus not versus spiritual it's do you believe in the unseen or not so are you limiting existence to what these tools can see this is a tool this eye is a tool this tool has limits right so the limits of this eye should not be the limit of what we believe exists so Angels, they are consisting of a johar. They consist of some material thing. But it's just a different material thing. Like microwaves, you don't see them. They exist. Wi-Fi, all the Wi-Fi that our phone is relying upon right now. Isn't it waves flying all over the place here? If we could see all waves, we would be able to see our hands right in front of our face. There's all sorts of unseen things. So just because we can't see it does not mean it doesn't exist. Yet at the same time, we don't believe in something that exists except that it must have some physical reality to it. But that physical reality may be extremely subtle, really subtle, so subtle, it's experience. It's a different dimension in a sense in that its experience of time, place, and gravity will be completely different. So when your ruh, it does consist of something. It does consist of something. It's a subtle johar latif. Okay? What's some other terminology they have for this? It's johar latif. Jism latif, sometimes they say. Physical reality that's very subtle. So in that case, um, when this, you are a soul without a body, you're going to experience everything differently. You're going to be a different realm. Gravity will not act upon you in the same way. Time will not feel the same way. All sorts of things will be different. Right, so uh, this 
concept of material and spiritual is not right. The correct concept is belief in the unseen versus no, not believing in the unseen. That's the real concept. So, we, so when Jibreel is present, when a spiritual force is present and can see with the inner eye what the physical eye cannot see, then you may see with them. When they held the pebbles, when the Prophet ﷺ held pebbles, the Sahaba could hear that which regular ears couldn't hear, and they could hear the tasbih of pebbles. When those pebbles were placed in the hand of somebody else, nobody could hear it. Right? When the Prophet ﷺ was on the way to Hajj, he could see the spirits of different prophets making Hajj with them. He says, there is Musa salam. There is different prophets. And those quick around him, they could see. But those far away couldn't see. And this is one of the tafasir of fi barakati fulan. The phrase in the barakah of fulan means when you're close to somebody, if you're with somebody, and that person's inner eye can see things of the unseen, you, you, you'll be able to see it with them. And as soon as you separate from them, you can't. So if I have a, 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 a little container, let's say, of heat, a heater, and I'm holding a heater, everyone around me is warm, right? And you separate, you get cold. Same thing with spiritual matters. Okay? that You cannot see them by yourself, but if you're in the presence of someone strong, you can see it. So in this case, Sayyidina Jibreel came down, and that which would usually not be seen by the physical eye was, was seen by the inner eye, Okay, while awake. So what you're seeing is not something that the physical eye could see, but you're, it's as if seeing the dream world while awake. Okay, but a real reality, spiritual realities, unseen realities while awake. So he took out a piece of black dot, like a black thing, and he tossed it away. So it could be held, it could be tossed, right? It could be moved around. It's real. It's not an, an abstraction. That is called haddu shaitan, which is Almost like the outlet plug that shaitan could plug into any human being and connect to any human being because of that. And that's how shaitan whispers to us. He reaches us. How does he reach us? We have, how do you reach somebody? Their Wi-Fi's on. Turn the Wi-Fi off, can't reach you. Same thing. The shaitan could has zero access to the Prophet ﷺ, and that's why the concept of the satanic verses is rejected. The concept of the satanic verses is that and so Prophet ﷺ was receiving revelation and then Iblis came and whispered some words in him. That was the those were the verses. And they matched sort of kind of the 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 tune of Surah Al Najm. So on and so forth. So you see how it all everything ends with the Alif Maqsura? And then that the Prophet ﷺ in this story, which is a lie or is false, whoever came up with it, that he then recited all of Surah Al-Najm and closed out with these ayahs and Quraysh was ecstatic. They said, that's it. We have peace. So they're not gods, but we can worship them for shafa'at with Allah. They are like beautiful, long-necked birds. So they're not gods. They're creations. But their shafa'ah is desirable. The intercession of these false gods, is these 360 gods around the Kaaba, is desirable. So they said, 
Muhammad, this is an amazing compromise. We're at peace. It's all over, folks. We're at peace. Muhammad's admitted our idols can be worshipped. Therefore, our hajj business can continue. That's all they care about. Don't curse our gods so we can have business. You know, right now, if you were to admit to certain ideologies and certain gods, right, and certain ideas, right now, all of a sudden, Wall Street would welcome you in. NBC would welcome you in. Everyone would welcome you in. Just one word that you utter. I'm okay with this, this, and this. this these things are all good. may not be what I do, but it's all good. And I support it all. All of a sudden, the doors of NBC would open up to you. The doors of everything would open up to you. You'd be an executive. You'd be a, uh, on TV. You'd be whatever you want. Just by one belief. Right? Will we say the same thing? Believe in Allah and His Messenger, and all of a sudden, a lot of things are going to change. Right? Because that's the foundation, is beliefs. And all actions, ideas, they, they spawn out of these beliefs. So when the, those verses were revealed of Surah Al-Najm, and the, according to the story, it said these things, Right, that the Prophet then repeated these things that Iblis had said. Then the uh, Quraysh said, we have, we have no problems anymore, everything is good. And then the people, this spread far and wide until it reached Al-Habasha, Ethiopia. And they all came back. They said, now we don't need to make Hijrah to Ethiopia anymore. We'll come back. And that's why they all came back. Well, then explain, explain how is it that Shaitan reached the Prophet wasallam if the Prophet's heart was cleaned. And, and no people from Ahl Sunnah deny this. It was some Sunnis who passed on the satanic verses story. So like Waqdi, he passed it on. This is from Ahl Sunnah. So what do you say? How do you, how do you, how do you make sense with this? Shaitan can't reach the Prophet. Shaitan cannot whisper to the Messenger, peace be upon him. Okay. كَمَا رَوَى مُسْلِمْ وَغَيْرُهُ عَنْ أَنَسٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ أَنَّ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم أتاه جبريل صلى الله عليه وسلم وهو يلعب مع الغلمان The Prophet was playing with the boys فَأَخَذَهُ uh, he, was, he was a child himself okay? He was a child and he was playing with other children okay? فَأَخَذَهُ فَصَرَعَهُ he took, him, he took him aside from all the boys and he put, laid him down on his back He put his finger on his chest فَشَقَّ عَنْ قَلْبِهِ He opened his chest. Took his heart out. فَاسْتَخْرَجَ الْقَلْبَ And then he took a clot from it. فَقَالَ هَذَا حَضُّ الشَّيْطَانِ مِنْكَ This is how shaitan accesses you. And he flicked it away. Then he took a bowl, a golden bowl with zamzam in it. And in another narration it says like ice. And then he took that and he washed the heart of the Prophet ﷺ with zamzam. وَجَاءَ الْغِرْمَانِ يَسْعَوْنَ إِلَىٰ أُمِّهِ the boys, meanwhile, ran to his mother. They say his heart's being opened up. Okay. All right. Inna Muhammadan qad qutil. And his mother here, they mean that Halima. Because Halima was his caretaker. They said, Muhammad's dead. فَاسْتَقْبَلُوهُ وَهُوَ مُنْتَقَعَ الْلَوْنِ Then they ran back to him and found he was pale in the face. Pale in the face. Now, they're going to make up this stuff. They're going to make up the idea that they saw this. How would they know, get the details correct? Because when you go through surgery, you, you will come out pale. This is open heart surgery. This is a serious surgery here. And who says, I used to see the um, mark of, of that in his chest. He used to see a very thin line on his chest. Okay. وَهَذَا الشِّقْ لِلصَّدْرِ 
الشق للصدر الشريف قد حصل له صلى الله عليه وسلم أول مرة وهو صغير السن It happened when he was very young وأما المرة الثانية As for the second time that this happened فقد شق صدره الشريف وهو ابن عشر سنين It happened again when he was 10 years old والحكمة فيه أن العشر قريب من سن التكليف Because this is very close now to reaching the age of maturity فشق قلبه صلى الله عليه وسلم His heart was opened or his chest was split وقدس حتى لا يتلبس بشيء مما يعاب على الرجال Now something else was done So the first time the portion of shaitan was removed Second time it was made muqaddas It was now purified from the uncouth behaviors of men Right? So every, each time is something different now Purified from the uncouth behaviors of men So you, uh, a man may be completely innocent. He has no Muhammad. Come, what, what's going on today? Day, day off for everybody, right? So I, I, yeah, I didn't realize that people actually don't go to work on this day. Did I? Did it? When? When? Did I miss this? I feel like, yeah, yeah, it's a new thing. like this year. Pretty much. Like people yeah. don't even show up to work. They've been talking about like changing Columbus Day for a while. Yeah. And now it's like coming into action. Now so it's, it's Columbus Day is not off anymore. Now Juneteenth is off. Juneteenth so. is is yeah. off. Columbus Day is not off. Yeah, he doesn't deserve a day. Yeah, that's true. No, he was a bum. He he was did did some really bad things. Columbus did some really bad things. He didn't deserve a day off. <laughs> um, yeah, because I actually did some some calls today, and people I'm like, excuse me, today's a holiday. I'm not working. I'm taking this call today. I was like, I know it's Juneteenth, but I realize people treat it now actually as like official day off. Which is weird because other companies did call me. So I don't know which one. Which one is, wh- what is it exactly? What's going on? Is it a federal holiday or not? It, does the mail coming today or no? The mail is coming. So it's, how is a federal holiday and the mail comes? No, he went to UPS. They need to no, But the mail, regular mail comes today, right? No? Okay. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> let's not get distracted here. <laughs> so the second time... The things mimma yu'abu ala rijal. That means certain things, a man can be totally innocent, but he's still a human, right? And he does things that could be blameworthy. People, for example, just the regular things that adults do, that men do, could be blameworthy, could be considered like disgusting, sloppy, all right? The Prophet was purified then. وأما المرة الثالثة فقد شق صدره الشريف عند مجيء جبريل عليه السلام بالوحي إليه حين نبئ والحكمة في هذا الشق كما أفاد المحققون هو الزيادة في إكرامه وإمداده صلى الله عليه وسلم وتقويته وإعداده ليتلقى ما يحى إليه بقلب قوي في أكمل الأحوال القدسية المرضية So the third time this happened a third time now, what was the purpose of that? To strengthen him for the revelation. To prepare him for revelation. So first, shaitan cannot access him. Then he does not do the does not behave in the ways uh, of regular guys. Right? Regular guys, the way they eat, the way they cough, the way they sneeze, the way they clean themselves, the way they walk around when they're alone, it could the way they sleep, all that stuff you could say. He's... Innocent. There's nothing wrong with him, but it's not. It's uncouth. It's disgusting. Okay. 
Third, third time now to strengthen him for Nabuwa, to strengthen him to receive the revelation. That's the third time. The famous and the final one was for the Isra and the Mi'raj because you are about to enter another dimension, another realm completely of existence. And there, wisdom and knowledge was placed in his heart and Iman to prepare him for that trip, okay, to prepare him for that journey. Okay. To strengthen him, you stand right. He's going to be cl- the closest to the manifest to tajalli of Allah ever that any human being's ever been at. Okay, he's going to stand before Allah in a way with a power that no one has ever been at. وقال الحافظ القسطلاني أيضا ثم إن جميع ما ورد من شق صدر شق الصدر واستخراج القلب وغير ذلك من الأمور الخارقة للعادة. All of this are from the matters that are خارق للعادة, which means they are outside the norms of everyday life. مما يجب التسليم له. So we take it on transmission. Fact, the the one of the things that we hold on are are. Uh, Epistemology is that facts are not just what can be verified with the eyes, nor attained by reason, but also by transmission. So if uh, something is transmitted to us that neither contradicts what we see in our, for our very eyes, nor contradicts the uh, uh, contradicts itself, the statement itself is not self-contradictory, we accept it. That's how we judge things to be. When a transmission comes to us, now let's say outside, let, when a transmission comes to us, we say, does it contradict the book of Allah? Does it contradict what you're seeing with your own two eyes right now? Does it contradict itself? Is it internally contradictory? So it contradicts reason? No. Second question we ask, did it come from a, a, a sound source? We assess the source. We don't listen, believe anything we just hear. It comes from a sound source. Yes, it does. Therefore, we can believe it. Or we must believe it if it's from the Prophet So we must believe this. So he said that, he's saying here that this is something that is from transmitted knowledge. We simply accept it. We submit to it. We don't object and say that because we haven't seen anything like this before, that it can't be true. That's not, the, that's not how we judge things to be. Just because you haven't seen it, nobody's ever seen it. That's not the question. The question is, does it come from a sound source and is it self-contradictory? No, it's not self-contradictory. Okay. Okay. And he said, "Nothing, none of this is mustahid aqlan. None of this is rationally impossible." This whole paragraph, if you didn't have no one knew epistemology and kalam, wouldn't understand this paragraph because he's saying that that's how we assess things to be. وقال أيضا قال سيوتي وما وقع من بعض جهلة العصر. Siyuti said. Okay, that some of the ignorant people of this age, they negate this. They said, no, 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 it's only in meaning, it's metaphorical. The cleaning of his heart is metaphor. So wait a second, what is harder, that or Isra' and Mi'raj? Right? Isra' and Mi'raj, you believe that the Prophet physically went to Jerusalem and came back. Physically went up to the heavens. 
and came back. Why would you believe that then? Okay. وإلزام قائله القول بقلب الحقائق فهو جهل صريح وخطأ قبيح. This is ignorance and a bad mistake. نشأ من خذلان الله تعالى لهم. This is because they earned God's humiliation. Humiliation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not that you trip and stumble in front of people. No, humiliation of Allah ta'ala is you go astray. He no longer guides you. So who you're humiliated in front of whom? The angels and the pious. And these people were close, were 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 drowned, he says. Okufuhum. They made i'tikaf upon the uh, various philosophies and philosophical sciences. Okay, and they left off the sunnah, the transmitted sciences. So they're all in the sphere of reason or observation, and they left off transmission. And that's the problem with those who are constantly drowned. Their mind now is stuck. Think truths are only truths if we can observe them, or if they sound reasonable to us. It's not the case itself. لقد أعطى الله تعالى رسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقظة القلب فهو في توجهه توجه إلى الله تعالى ووعيا عنه دائمين لا تعتريه غفلة ولا يطرأ على قلبه شائبة نومة. The Prophet ﷺ, his heart is in yaqza. Never is the Prophet ﷺ forgetful of Allah. Nor is he ever actually in a deep sleep to the point that he is not aware of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لِذَا كَانَتْ رُؤْيَاهُ الْمَنَامِيَّةِ مِنْ جُمْلَةِ طُرُقِ الْوَحِي وَنْوَعِهِ Hence, when he sleeps, his vision in his sleep is a form of wahi. كَمَا أَنَّ نَوْمَهُ لَا يَنْقُضْ وُضُوءَهُ Well, the same thing. The Prophet ﷺ has a khususiyah. His sleep does not break his wudu. Only him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. قَدْ تَبَتَ ذَلِكَ لَحَدِيثِ الصَّحِيحَ في صحيح البخاري وغيره عن عائشة رضي الله عنها في حديث قيام النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم بالليل قالت عائشة عائشة said about this I said oh Master Allah do you sleep before you 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 pray which he says Aisha my eyes sleep but my heart is never is always awake always never sleeps okay. بخاري's wording جاءت ملائكة إلى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وهو نائم angels came to the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم while he was asleep and in the رواية of ترمذي ترمذي the Prophet came out to us and said, I saw in my sleep as if Jibreel was at my head and Mikael was at my feet. This is an example of how the visions of the, the sleeping visions of the Prophet him, are revelation. Jibreel is at my head, Mikael is at my uh, feet. One of them said, He's asleep. The other said, His eyes sleep, but his heart is awake. They said, Okay, your companion here, he has an ex- there's a method for him or an allegory for him. Okay, so they said, okay, what's the allegory? He's like a man who uh, built a home. And he made in it a large table of food, a long table of food. And he sent all the people out to call the people to eat in this brand new house with this new spread of food, wonderful spread of food. All you had to do is follow that messenger back to the house and you can eat from there. That's all you had to do. But some people just said no. Why would they say no? It makes no sense to say no. They just said no. Okay. All right. 
He said, what does it mean? It means that the abode is paradise. The caller that's inviting people is Muhammad. Whoever obeys him and follows him, you only follow him to a feast. Right? All the rewards of Jannah. In the Sunan of Al-Darimi, Prophet was an angel came to him and said, uh, May your eyes sleep, but your ears hear and your heart understand. So since then, my eyes sleep, but my ears can hear and my, my, uh, my heart can understand. It was said to me, Sayyidun, Sayyidun, Benadaran, a master built a house, and he dubatan. He then made a large uh, a table of food, and then he called people to invite others to this meal. Whoever answers this caller enters the house, and he eats from this table, and his the master is pleased with this. And whoever doesn't, he doesn't eat, to enter, and he doesn't eat, and the master is not pleased with him. That's the whole summary of the religion. That's all it is. That's, that's how simple it is. Okay. Next chapter is on some of the benefits of the splitting of his heart, but we'll stop here. All right, what's in the news, Oz? Anything new? Mm. We ready for tonight? What are we eating? It's up to you. Huh? What do you guys want to eat tonight? Pizza? And no. Something fancy. Yeah. Biryani? Biryani? Maybe. Hmm? Yeah, we got to figure that out. Zayb? You heard people were, they're upset at you. Why? Because of, because uh, you don't like fiction. No, I don't like fiction. <laughs> no, I like fiction. I was like, what's what's there to be upset about? This is yeah, who would personal be preference. Actual upset? There are people on Twitter. You didn't see them? No. I said, I, I actually, the question was actually nonfiction, yeah. but I'm thinking in my head fiction. So I said, no, I don't read any nonfiction. I meant to say I don't read any fiction. No, I didn't read any fiction. What did they say on Twitter? Nothing. They're just like, oh, there's fiction has value and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it does. Who's time for this stuff? Yeah. Right? Who literally has time for this stuff? Right? Yeah. No time for this stuff. Huh? I mean, there's so much amazing nonfiction to read. That's Allah's creation. Well, uh, who's going to be a better author? Right? I just don't like to read fiction. Did you read fiction as a kid? Yeah, it's Hardy Boys. Hardy Boys. <laughs> Until, like, the author. Who's the author of the Hardy Boys? Whoever that author is. It's, it's not so long, right? Until you realize the formula. That means his mind has a limit. Like he cannot imagine anything. He just, it's formulaic. Then John Grisham, all his books. After like the sixth book, you're like, let me predict it. A beautiful young law student, right? And then a big bad firm <laughs> of some sort, company of some sort. And then David takes on Goliath, right? This is formulaic after a while, right? So you then realize like humans have limited intellects. And then... The idea that I really can't wait to see what happens next chapter. You're, all you want to know is basically what a regular dude is imagining. There's no, you know, how am I excited by that? 
He's a regular guy who's just using his imagination. So, uh, what about like the counterpoint? Um, fiction is like you know it's an allegory. A lot of times it gets things across that nonfiction can't get across. Yeah, I'm not a child. Just tell me your point. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> okay, <laughs> just tell me. No, I'll tell you what fiction I do like to watch. To to to, to I wouldn't watch. I don't read it. I'd probably just watch it on the treadmill. I'm not going to spend that much time reading it, right? But on the treadmill I, is all the futuristic stuff, and I'll tell you why. Because chances are, if futuristic stuff becomes a genre, it actually happens. Why? Because you're implanting the idea in people's minds, right? And when you're implanting the idea in people's minds, it's telling you like sort of where people yeah. are thinking, where it's heading, where things are headed. Especially now a movie could hit a billion people, right? And when that images in everyone's mind then you know yeah from a fiction book yeah yeah so that's why like uh futuristic stuff i have some sort of interest in it because i want to know what kind of thing they're thinking about because that's what's going to trickle down to people's minds if it gets popular right but like novels and stuff like that no, I don't read that stuff. <laughs> I didn't realize that, <laughs> that this is your whole field. <laughs> but you're, I think you do it in a different way because it's like graphic just novels, right? Not graphic as in, but it's like, uh, you're not writing novels about a guy meets a girl and stuff like that. <laughs> I, I think, I think, um, it's a little bit different. So. Well, it also depends on the medium too. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Technically, documentaries are a fiction because it's still a perspective of an individual. But it's, it's based upon fact. It's based on fact, but there's some subjectivity which leads to a type of fiction. Because it's not actually being seen with the eyes. It's not like you're seeing it. You know, There's there's a barrier between the, the storyteller yeah. and the person you're seeing the story. Unlike just me talking to you, for example. Yeah. So, I, I think that uh, it really depends on the medium, number one. And then number two... Oz brought it up. I think that some ideas, uh, archetypes, uh, depends on the individual. That's why most people don't have maybe the acumen to process certain things. And uh, sometimes things are a little bit more challenging when you just read the black letter of things. Yeah. So I come, for example, I come from a legal background. So if you study the black letter of the law, or even if you study thick, for example, sometimes seeing actual interaction between human beings at that level, it allows you to process that information, understand through examples what is happening, why it's happening, what people are experiencing. So, I agree. Oh, is his mic on, by the way? Yeah. yeah and raise the volume of that mic, too, because it's a bit further away. Yeah. So, I, 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 I'm not saying I'm pushing back, but I think that there's subjectivity there, of course. And yeah. I think ultimately, in the end, uh, the danger that comes with fiction, because I recognize there's a benefit, but everything, there's a, you know, there's two sides to every point. The danger is that the fiction replaces the nonfiction and becomes the preference over over reality. Well, I think that fiction is great for the creative and imaginative mind. Um, I remember telling fiction stories to my kids, like making them up, right, um, to transmit to them certain feelings, right, and they like loved it, right. They couldn't get enough of it. Uh, I had to keep it trying to imagine more stuff, right? So, yeah, of course, everything's got a function, right, for someone. And, and you brought the, the technology. It's interesting. 
if you read a lot of the interviews for people who work for NASA, for example, yeah. dozens and dozens of them say that they were fans of Star Trek, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, or I mean, Star Wars to some degree, but more Star Trek because Star Trek was more hard science versus yeah. science fiction, versus Star Wars being a combination of science fiction and fantasy. See, I so well, fantasy I can actually understand. It's a great way to release and get away and de-stress, right? Because they can create scenes that just relax you, but. That stuff about the futuristic stuff, that to me is, would be the most interesting, right? I mean, the visual side of it is more moving than, uh, than uh, you know, anything else. So, and one other quick point I would make is yeah. it's interesting. Uh, I had a conversation with uh, Sheikh Hamza's sister Elizabeth Hansen. Yeah, and. She had a very, I guess you could say a divisive observation. I don't know if I, I agree on some level, but you brought up John Grisham and you brought up some of the, the Hardy Boys. She, she submits that anything that was written in the English language pretty much after the 1960s yeah. is not worth reading at all. So if you but then in the 40s they said that. In, well, the, sick, in the 20s they said that. Just right? the level, the level, because John Grisham is a very successful commercial writer. Yeah. And you're right, it's, it's repetitive, and there's really not much uh, to it. But if you read a novel like, say, Moby Dick or The Scarlet Letter or uh, mm. you know, Pride and Prejudice, you know, some of the quote-unquote English classics, you'll find that there's nuance and layers to there that is just not in any of the stories today. So what she mm. would, submit, would submit is that anything after, like, the 1960s, I think she may went up to 1970, mm. that it's not even worth picking up and reading. Wow. At all, uh, you know what I, I wouldn't mind in, in fiction is like the why well, I said the visual side of things. So, um, because it's faster, it's quicker. It gets I understand you know this not it's not just about it's not just about the content. It's about the, how it fits in life in my personal life. Right? It's like there's no time to wrap around and and like if you were growing up in England and France. Those guys wrote novels like this in Russia because life was so simple. There's time for you to go deep into your imagination. And then you are sitting at home as the reader is bored out of your mind. What's better than to, you know, get deep into someone else's imagination, right? So I could get it from back in the old days. You're sitting in England and um, there's nothing going on or anywhere in the world. Life is pretty slow. So there is time and luxury to get into someone else's imagination and see what they're saying and, you know, stuff like that. So and last quick point about yeah. that. I think you make a really, really important observation, even yeah. though I'm in this industry and this yeah. is what we're working on. But I think ultimately this is what separates the Muslim uh, creative yeah. or artists from the non-Muslim or secular creative is that ultimately what we're doing is we're trying to provide a service for an escape however you want to frame it, yeah. plant the seeds of an idea there so that people eventually find the truth and they can uh, put away the toys, so to speak. So yeah. someone like yourself or you know, many of the students here, ideally, there would not be a need for, for fiction. Yeah. What we're trying to do is we're trying to inspire them to, uh, to actually explore the truth, the ultimate yeah. truth, the hub. To get to the truth. To get yeah. to the truth. So once they get to the truth, then you're obviously never going to go back. Yeah. And that's why one of the wisdoms my father, who's, uh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward him, mm-hmm. used to be a huge, huge, huge film fan. And he used to tell me back in the day that, look, you know, 
you can watch these classics, what have you, that yeah. benefit. But at some point, if you continue to be a student of knowledge, mm-hmm. I don't have to tell you that you don't, you know, don't read this, don't watch that. You will eventually fall away from that. Yeah. Because eventually the truth will be more appealing to you than the fault, than the fiction. Yeah. And so for most of humanity, they're not at that stage. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to plant the seeds so they can eventually become students of knowledge on whatever trajectory they're going. Just seek the truth. Exactly. That And that's what uh, George Lucas tried to do himself. He himself was not into just storytelling for no reason. He had a, a, a vision for storytelling. And those are the ones who are most successful, right? People who have a vision behind their story. There's a purpose, not just telling a story for the sake of a story. Yeah. Something uh, really interesting. Yeah. If you look at classical books, um, nonfiction and whatnot, Fick yeah. is a great example of that. Really, there's no um, there's no such thing as drawing diagrams and drawing pictures and stuff like that. 90, 90% of the time, it's like, even if they're doing something yeah. that could very easily be explained in a chart yeah. or a graph, no, they'll write it. They'll write it out mm-hmm. because at that time, they want to train the mind yeah. to think like in a more plastic way where you come up with the diagrams in your brain and you can visualize mm. it. And people used to have that kind of abstract thinking. Yeah. And I think that as time goes by, that level of abstract thinking is becoming less and less. Mm. So like it's always nowadays, no one, it's very difficult for people to, as you said, like to approach things head on now. Yeah. And everything is always, give me an example, give me an example. Yeah. So because of people like, it's really like our ability to abstract things and big ideas and stuff like that has decreased so much. It always has to be, oh, tell it to me in the version of a story. Mm. Nowadays, like corporate America how do you give like a presentation, for example? Even even diagrams is too much for them. Yeah. Now it has to be tell it as a story, right? You think that's bad? I think it's just showing that we're, we're really losing like a lot of what it means to be human, what it means to be intellectual, what it means to be smart. Like I think that if we go back 300, 400 years ago, yeah. people were just way smarter than us. They could think in abstract ways. And if uh, like there's so many examples, for example, of the Prophet Sallallahu He never explained even like aqidah or things like that in in like in the way that we would in kalam yeah he would tell a story or he would tell a metaphor mm-hmm. and people would understand immediately just automatically what he means they, they yeah. wouldn't have to get into detail about that because they're used to thinking abstractly now we everything has to be spoon-fed to us no but the but when you said that telling it in the form of a story is a reduction right but i thought that i would view it as that is like the height of the best way to communicate is through a story I think it could go both ways. Because you cover, yeah. in a story, you cover the emotional aspect. Right. And you cover the abstract aspect. Yeah. Right? And it's you. It's the broadest way to teach something. Like, what is the Quranic methodology of teaching? Stories. Right. right? With heroes. The prophet is the hero of every story. And there is no prophet except he had an enemy, antagonist. Right. Because... Humans have emotional connections, right? And the abstraction is only one layer of the meaning. Right. The story create brings it to the flesh and creates both an abstraction. The abstraction's there. The emotional ele- element is there. And it reaches everybody. The intellectual can, ex- can, can, can pick out all the abstractions. Yeah. Then write all the abstractions, and that's what we call law, right? Or rulings. But everyone's got to hear the story. Right. Whereas that abstraction only an appeal to a few people. So wouldn't you think, though, that then the story is the best way to teach the story? Someday? I guess that's the point, too, 
why fiction should be read. Yeah. Um, but like, I'll give you an example, like Socrates, Aristotle, these guys, when they would write, they wanted to, for example, criticize yeah. the government or the, criticize society. Yeah. They would straight up write, these are the problems with yeah, society, society and this yeah. and that. Now, for example, contrast that to, no one's going to read that these days. Yeah. If you do that, instead, what is a critique of society? Look at what they teach in high school, like the great Gatsby, where they have to teach, you know, like American society and blah, blah, blah. It, it has these downsides. Mm -hmm. They have to tell it in the form of a story. Yeah. When back in the day, people would be able to read that, come up with their own story yeah. and come up with their own abstractions themselves. So I think to a certain level, mm -hmm. the stories bring down something like... Yeah. It, it, or there's another thing too, is that in w when something needs to be put out there uh, to everybody, yeah. to the mass, yeah. it's not that you look for a fiction story for it, you actually wait for a real life story to develop. Like, for example, for uh, the Ogberfeld case. How did it become a thing? Because it actually happened. There was a guy. You either identified with him or you identified with the gay couple, right? So when, it, when the reality took the form of a story with an antagonist and a protagonist, mm. it captured the whole nation's attention and was able to go into court. As long as it was merely in the form of shall we do this or shall we do this as a society, it doesn't move anybody. Mm. And it's not something we can legislate. It's just an idea. But once it actually rubber hit the road on it and became a reality, that's why I'm a really big fan of nonfiction. Because that's stuff that actually happens. Mm. The fiction stuff is saying, well, this could be a possibility. That could be a possibility. But once it actually happens in real life, now you actually forked the society. Everyone had to make Choose this, choose this guy or that. You're not choosing a, th a theoretical side. You are, but if you put that out to people, they, they won't make a decision. But if you put out, do you sympathize with this guy or with that guy? Yeah. Now, all society takes a decision side, right? And the law could take a side because these are real humans. And once the law takes a side on this case, it's for everybody now. So that's where, like, the abstraction and reality and story mingled together that's where it comes in on in in nonfiction, right? And the storytelling is like in the absence of nonfiction, we write our own story. Theory is, and also in the absence of a reality of uh, a situation, we'll write down the abstract theory. Mm. The best of all is when it actually happens. That's why the Sira. It's not the prophet I said him didn't give abstractions. Let's create, demonstrate, and then. By taking action, a story was created, but it was it was a nonfiction story. It was like a re it was a reality. It was truth, and once it's true, now all of a sudden everyone's got to take a side. You know, and that's the value of action over thought. You can't have thought without action. Uh, you can't have action without thought. But action by itself is better than thought by itself. Because thought by itself, I don't have to do anything. But when it's a reality in front of me, I have to take a side. You know what I mean? And I think that's why, ultimately, <laughs> one of the things that's been missing, Arma, that you've done such a great job mm. in the stream and in your uh, classes, is that the stories of the Olia and the stories of the, the great leaders of the past, because I, there's no story like the Sira. The Sira, uh, uh, you know, Aisha radiallahu anha said, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was the Quran walking. Yeah. So that means basically his life is the story of stories. So mm -hmm. he was the manifestation yeah. of what we're supposed to know. Yeah. The the one thing that's important about the stories of the Oliya and people from different times, and that's yeah. why I think storytelling is so important, 
is that there's a subjective element to that because of the time frame, because of the period of time. Because the one thing that human beings tend to do, especially in modern times, is they say, look, that was the prophet of God, sallallahu alayhi I can never be that. Or yep. I cannot be the Sahaba. Mm-hmm. But there are many, many examples. You know, if you take, uh, you know, Salahuddin Ayyubi, for example. Yeah. I'd say we could be Salahuddin Ayyubis, but, you know, there are people, there are untold stories of these incredible people who lived during their particular times, which are more contemporary to some degree. That well, allow us to relate to them and understand that this lesson is a universal message. Yeah. It can be, it's so malleable. And it's another huck as well. It's another truth that this message mm-hmm. spans not only the borders of nations, but the borders of time. Well, that's why in the Quran, uh, Mufassirin note the intentional absence of details, such that um, when you want to appeal to people across cultures and nations, don't mention names, times, or places. So, Surah al kaf a man and his neighbor in a garden. That's all you're yeah. told. Like, mm. where are they? Are they in Rome? Are they in Egypt? Where are they? They could they're wherever you want them to be because that's not important, mm-hmm. right? Uh, a king, some youth, a cave, a dog, yeah. right? We don't even know the number. You don't even know how many yeah, of them. You don't know where they are. And then don't ask. And the automatic say the, the Quran says don't ask about these things because you actually take away from the story, in the sense of. Uh, yeah, you may be interested in it, but if you at the moment you say some Greek kids, right? Yeah. Okay, well, I'm Chinese. I'm African, <laughs> right? What am I going to do with Greek, right? There's those kids. But by the absent, you know, removing all those, it, it gives you um, relevance to everybody. Okay. Um, I remember also the, uh, uh, they said that, Whenever nobody's named in the story, it could be anybody. But by the way, every single story in the Quran was somebody. No story in the Quran is fiction. There are no allegories in the Quran that's pure fiction. Every single story, like the two, the two men of Surah Tirkaf, it was actually two men. There were two men on the earth. There are no allegories, and this is something that you know a lot of people say that there's uh, all these allegorical stories, and even. Jannah and Nara allegoric. We say not even the the, the ha, what looks like an allegory in the Quran says. Uh, take an example of a man who had did this and another man did that, right? It's the language of an allegory, but it was real. There was a man that look, that did that, and and he had a rival who did the opposite thing. Because Allah so, Taala has no need for an allegory. He can make no need. whatever story he yeah. wants, yeah, or that he wills. It, yeah. it happens. And but, what? Uh, uh, a lot of scholars in the past, they were du'at, and they changed society, and they asked, and they were asked, why didn't you write books? And they say, I write men. Allah, Allah. Right? Look at these guys. Look what all they're doing. That's, that's what I'm writing. You write a book, I'll write you a man. Right? And they, they transfer. Like Malcolm X didn't write a book. Malcolm X didn't write a book. Right? But his reality was more effective than if he had written the best book. Right? He lived it. He transformed lives. Like that to me, that's what does it. He transformed their lives. He didn't write any books. One, one last interesting observation. Yeah. Somebody in this space. Every time you, you talk about originality and trying yeah. to come up with you know, stories that are compelling. When you read the life of the Prophet Muhammad, <laughs> 
you, you just as a, as a, an artist as a or as a storyteller. Yeah. The the miracle of his life, the hero's journey of his life. Yeah. It's impossible for a human being to have created that that story. That's impossible. Just the, just that the you the, the, the uh, you know the the timeline of, of events yeah. that led to what ultimately happened. It's mm-hmm. the ultimate victory and it's the ultimate hero's journey. And when you read it, you're, even as someone who's thinking, okay, I'm so creative, even in my own mind, I could never come up with this kind of scenario. Like you were talking about the reality. The reality actually is more present than yeah. the imagination. There's nothing like this. So you read it, you're like, subhanAllah, this is the story of stories. You, story of stories. It wouldn't be believable that you're just um, live life as a regular man until 40. Then all of a sudden, you're, you have a book. All of a sudden, you have followers. It doesn't work like that. If you were truly were an orator from yourself, a leader just from yourself, um, socially concerned just from yourself, physically going to do all this work just from yourself and fighting, you would have started that. At, it would have emerged out of you in their 20s. And this is one of the things the ulama say about the age of 40. They say, by 30, forget 40, by the age of 30, you lived your 0 to 10, 10 to 20, 20 to 30. Three decades. But in those three decades, all your innate talents erupt in one decade or another, right? So what happens after 40 is nothing other than something we would have seen it. So the idea of wahi, to show you, hey, you lived amongst the Prophet, not 10 years, not 20, not 30, 40 years, four decades. In four decades, if what the prophet is doing is a natural talent, just from himself, some of that would have emerged at, in his youth days. And, and also, his story is not only a story of victories, it's also a, a story of dealing with defeats. Yeah. That's the other thing, because in modern times, the hero's journey oftentimes is, you know, Superman's a perfect example. Yeah. Invincible, nothing happens, impenetrable. The Prophet Muhammad's story is so great because he suffered mm-hmm. and there were defeats and he had, to, he had to overcome those defeats. Yeah. Because anybody else, if they're trying to create the ultimate hero's journey, like you say, okay, he's a prophet. They would just victory after victory after. And there yeah. are victories, in the, but you have to watch the, the gamut of the whole story yeah. to understand what that ultimate, the ultimate victory is. And that is itself is an amazing, miraculous yeah. uh, part of the entire series that defeat. Victory, defeat, and then the ultimate victory yeah. at the end. And you have to have the defeats in order to have the ultimate victory. And you also, uh, modern stories are critiqued. Superhero stories are critiqued because um, if you look in a superhero story, they oftentimes go from just a kid and then within the span of a few months, all his problems are solved. He discovered these great powers and he, he, he's great, right? Like Spider-Man, for example. It's like within like six, 18 months, he's at the top, right? When he was just a regular kid. And that that's selling you a lie. Like nothing ever happens like that. There's no big breakthrough that when people say overnight became a millionaire, that's overnight in your eyes, right? But uh, overnight sensation, that's in your eyes. But that person was practicing for years, right? And so those are actually lies that are told. Or it's not like, it's like, it's, it's a false, it's like a false hope. Yeah, it's a lie. You're given a false hope. It's a false hope. One interesting thing is, yeah. um, like the Quran it mentions the story of Prophet Yusuf as yeah. like the best of stories. And the story of the Prophet is like, Aula. Yeah. Um, 
And so like we have this hero's journey, which every story, it's like pretty much the same thing. Star Wars, um, you know, superhero stuff. And it all goes back, like say, for example, you could say it goes back to the Odyssey. The whole story of the Odyssey, for example, is a guy who's cast away from his home. Mm Mm-hmm. Right, this is the archetype. He's a hero who's cast away from his home. But then look at what his motivation is. It's really to get back home and to get revenge on the people who are sleeping with his wife. And first of all, you see this whole thing, the whole story is motivated. Sweeney Todd. Yeah. By yeah. like by a very base <laughs> desire. Yeah. And then like and this is what they, they considered like Odysseus to be a hero yeah. and to be an archetype of someone to be sought after, of someone yeah. who's so manly. Mm-hmm. And what happens is, is that, for example, you look at the story of Prophet Yusuf and the story is flipped on its head. Mm. The whole story, it's a hero's journey. It's still, the, it's the same story we like telling each other over and over again. Yeah. But now it's about forgiveness. Mm. Now it's about aspiring for something greater. It's not about this base desire of trying to prove myself as a man. Mm. It's about trying to prove myself with Allah Ta'ala. It's about forgiving the people who wronged me. And the entire story, it's like the Quran is coming and saying, we know this story. This is the story that you like telling. Yeah. But now, like, rethink it towards the divine, not about yourself mm. anymore. And the Prophet Sallallahu story is the same exact thing. And then some of the, and the sequels, that, mm. <laughs> I will say the sequels, that, that, that's probably disrespectful, but the stories that come after, because you've mentioned this before, the stories of the Khulafa Rashidun yeah. that reflect the four seasons. Yeah. With Hazrat Abu Bakr, Hazrat Umar, Hazrat Ali, Hazrat and how each of them had to grapple with their own challenges. That's another miracle of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Because yeah. Sheikh Hamza said, if for him, the greatest miracle in the life of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam were the Sahaba he produced. Yeah. And so look at the stories that came after as well. Mm-hmm. Because they dealt with things that he did not necessarily deal with. Like you said, the the pin, you know, the spring, the summer, the winter, the fall, with yes. the summer being the summer, I guess. Yep. And then, Hazrat Uthman being the fall and then Hazrat Ali dealing with the winter. Yeah. I mean, that's another, that's why these stories are so important. And the stories of the Aulia and the stories of these great people are so essential because yeah. you, you can never have enough of these hammered again and again and again. Yeah. yeah. And to tell the truth, when it comes to reading fiction, I'm not into, but I wouldn't mind hearing a story, but it's got to be encapsulated. Like the, reading a long book, that era's over. Yeah. But you give me, if I need to unwind, the idea of hearing a story doesn't matter whether it's fiction or nonfiction. Like if I need to just unwind myself. So not all fiction is just out there because it's a matter now of how you package it. I don't think the modern person is going to read a fiction book, right? But if you give me a fictional, you know, in, in a, as a visual, as a, as a movie, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll read it. I'll, I'll, I'll listen to it or I'll watch it. It's just the packaging. That's really what it is, right? The, the, the sabr, to go through a fiction book isn't there. There's no need for that. But the, but just to, to just take a, a stroll and listen to a story, maybe, if it's well produced. Let's take, this question is important. We mentioned that there are lights, there's a world of, an unseen world of light and an unseen world of darkness. Is there something in the middle? Yes, there is. There is an unseen world that is neutral. Neither light nor darkness. And that is, they call that, the spirituality of the dunya. And that is what people tap into what is good of general fitri-based spirituality that people just guess and check while, while not necessarily tapping into a faith nor at anything demonic. So when people say, listen, you go out in nature, eat a lot of fruit, drink a lot of water, 
sleep, uh, go out in nature, meditate, close your eyes, and amazing things, you'll feel amazing things, and amazing things will happen. That is the spirituality of the dunya. And it can even result in um, what they call it, like um, sort of know, knowing something of the future a little bit. Like a, a type of mukashafa that is only of the dunya. And they judge that by saying that it, it has nothing of ukhrawi benefit, nor is it satanic. So they categorize that of the dunya. Right? And they say you, ca- you keep contradicting your, your desires. You can start reading into people's personalities, even understanding their concerns, and having a very powerful type of spirituality. But it's only of the dunya. It doesn't benefit you of the akhirah, nor does it harm you in the akhirah. So it's almost like having a worldly skill. Like I, I know how to, for example, uh, make tables. Right? Neither is it to land you in paradise nor in hell. Right? So there is a spirituality and there is an unseen realm that is neither of light nor of darkness, but is in the middle. And that's what I think most people, like CEOs and all these stressed out people, they, that's what they go for. Right? Neither is it of the darkness nor is it of the truth. It's just of the dunya. Huh? I know, like, doesn't this make people like that have like the spirituality like delusional? I've seen like this within some people, and then they start to attribute like, oh, like God isn't real. Like we know, like they think that they have a higher sense. Yeah, of things now. that's true. Well, like, it's the same thing as a powerful uh, general. Mm-hmm. Someone learns how to manipulate a military and conquer other little cities and build his own little empire. Starts to think he's independent. And he doesn't need God, right? Any su- great success in the dunya can lead to that. It can possibly lead to that. All right. Um, next segment today, we're going to take a segment really quick on the uh, Hijjah. And now we are in the month of the Hijjah. Let me give you a quick brief synopsis of what we do in this month. It's a light sunnah to fast the first eight days. It is a confirmed sunnah to fast the ninth day. It is a very confirmed sunnah to slaughter an animal after eight uh, a goat or sheep or seven people could divide up a cow uh, a cow or a camel and it is also a, a light sunnah to not clip your nails or remove your hair in any way shape and form it's a light sunnah people may do it may not do it right sunnah khafifa okay um, so those are the uh, uh, the recitation of Quran should be increased in this month more than any other month. These are the basic. Uh, uh, the ninth of the Hijjah is Yom Arafah. We fast that day, do a lot of ibad all of that day, and then the la- the the night time is the Laylatul Eid. Dua is accepted on that night. So the night. Between the 9th and the 10th, which is Tuesday and Wednesday. Dua is accepted in that time. That's a really important. Okay. That is your brief synopsis on the month of Dhul Hijjah. And of course, uh, there is takbirat that begin. Right? That night uh, of, of Eid too. And they go on for three days. I don't... I didn't hear... Anything bad about the Hajj registration this year? Like all that, all I heard was it was actually smooth and it went through. Only problem is that you can't go with your own group. 
we can book a package, let's say us five, but you can't book a group with your imam, for example. You're just going to go and you're going to get assigned a random imam. Many people don't care, right? The groups may care. The imams may have cared. Does I wanted to take my community to Hajj. You can't, right? So you're going to have, they're going to assign you a sheikh. So I haven't heard of any bad stories, like nothing close to last year's nightmare stories. Okay. All right, what else we got? Chocolate Walla. Yes, Juneteenth in 2021. Signed a bill. It is a federal holiday. Okay. Fatima King is tuning in from Mecca, anticipating Hajj. Oh, we need that dot for sure. We need that dot, no doubt about it. Ronnie is from the UK, tuning in. Okay. When is ta- start time of giving money towards the Qurbani via a link? If I can't slaughter, you can use a wakil or an agent or a website. Give it from now. They'll slaughter it when they slaughter it. Like, for example, I paid for my goat already. <laughs> I have paid for my goat as a pet. With The uh, thing is, if it doesn't work out, it's going to be Udhiya, right? So I had to return the goat, as you all know. And it'll be, uh, but I got in its place a sheep to slaughter. So I'll go slaughter it after Eid, right? Crouton gets to live another year, though. She's too young to be slaughtered. Right. So people are watching. Uh, the people watch these mangas and uh, what are these other things called? Sudokus. What is it? <laughs> what is it called? Anime. Okay. <laughs> people. Uh, youth. You know what they told me? They told me they watched episodes that it's like 400 episodes. Each episode's like 30 minutes. They watch it on one and a half speed and they've watched it. A whole thing. 400 episodes. That's 200 hours. And then they said they watched it three, four, five times because they find little amazing little, you know, things here and there. Man. What? You remember when we were in the Ramadan Atikaf? And there's a basketball tournament going on? And I'm sitting on the side watching the basketball tournament and the kids who don't play sports were also sitting with me, right? And they said, no, we watched uh, anime this like four or five hundred episodes. Four hundred episodes, he told me. But he said he watched it. He says he watches it again and again and again because he keeps discovering little things. The, the, the time waste. The time waste. See, youth, they don't realize what they have until it's gone. Most movies today are trash. Most movies today, you can't watch any of them. There's very few movies you can ever watch, right? There's just so trashy. And, like, it's just, like, direct trash. Not even subtle about it. Okay. Adin Muzzam is here from the UK, mashallah. He runs a school in the UK. Okay, let's take some Q&A now. We got 
decent amount of time. Monday, we take a lot of Q&A. Okay. All right. Islam, what do you have? How do you know if your toba is accepted? Firstly, the fact that you're making toba is the beginning of that. Is an indication that Allah wills to to remove your sins. And then your toba is accepted. Um, the sign of toba accepted is that you have actually forgotten about your sin after having made toba for that you have forgotten about it. Yeah. So you have made toba so many times, so much. But over time, eventually you have forgotten about it. That's some of the automatic say it is a sign that the toba is accepted. Uh, Jay Perez, the balance. Fictional characters, but possible scenarios. So it's not just pure imagination. It's a good point. Okay. Ideas are deep. A third of the Quran is Tawheed. A third is rulings and a third is stories. Okay. Stories can contain ideas, but ideas don't necessarily contain stories, says Muhammad. Good point there. Okay. Oh, by the way, you know, speaking of stories and history and everything, the latest trend in the world is telling you that something that's mutawatir is a complete uh, uh, conspiracy. Like the Titanic. You heard about this? Like the latest thing on TikTok is is this thing that the Titanic is fake? Yeah, yeah. That it, the actual Titanic, it's a cover, but another ship like it is one that went down, and that in fact it was J.P. Morgan who was against the Federal Reserve, and all these guys were on the Federal Reserve try to take it down, right? But that is the thing now is taking something that's a complete fact. Now, this is where intellect has gone out the window. Complete fact about something. And then um, gaslighting people <laughs> into that. <laughs> it, it, it never existed or it never happened or it was fake or it was a conspiracy. We were talking about the uh, flat earthers the other day and how if you deny the moon landing, there's there's not much but more rational. There is a rational possibility. Rationally speaking, it is possible yeah. that that was faked. But to tell me the Earth is flat is not, I'll, and I'll tell you why. Just from a from an epistemological perspective, you're gonna like this. Uh, the 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 moon landing was physically seen by very few people. Very few yeah. people physically saw another man standing on the moon. Okay, the photograph we know. Well, right now we don't accept the photograph. Back then, what do you th they, they couldn't have uh, faked something like that. It was possible. Very possible. So physically saw the actual moon landing, very few people. Yeah. All right. Very few people, many people were in the room in Houston, okay, that NASA, famous NASA room, where it, they had been told he landed, but did they see it directly? I don't know. I don't think so. Even so, if 20 people saw it, is that make it an absolute fact? No. So I'm saying that it's likely that it happened, right? But it's not insane and mental to say that, no, it possibly couldn't happen. The, the idea that it couldn't, it was faked 
is not absolutely insane. It's probably out there, but it's not absolutely insane. That the earth is flat and the round earth is a lie, that's more insane. Many, many people have physically been out in space. Okay? Many, many people from all different countries. And they looked back and they saw the earth is round. That's mutawatir, you can say. But the moon landing, no. Yeah, this is great for teaching hadith. Yeah. Like the scholars of uh, hadith, they say like tawatur. You may not have a number of narrations, yeah. but it's more about the impossibility that they yeah. all... Look at Houston. Yeah. All those guys were working for yes, NASA. They're exactly. all Americans. They have an interest. Yeah, yep. they all have an interest. It doesn't matter it's if it was 100,000. Yep. They could yep. all get together and conspire. Mm-hmm. That's, that's possible. It's yeah. very unlikely, but it's yeah. possible. Titanic, you got yep. people from every country, everywhere from Europe, from you know Asia, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they can't all conspire. They don't know each other. Yeah, yeah. So it might be the same number. Yeah. But one is tawatur, mm-hmm. and one will say it's like mashhur. It's yeah. It's ahad, but it's mashhur. It's almost like it. Be, it's 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 uh, vanni. Yeah. And then it became mutawatir. Yeah. After that, but or it's like ahad then became mutawatir. Yeah. It's mustafid. That's the moon landing. But also, I really liked what um what your son said the other day, yesterday, when he said that who has most to lose at the moon landing. When they were the Russians, right? They're rivaling the U.S. Sputnik goes up, then the U.S. lands on the moon. They would have been the first people to call the bluff, right? They wouldn't. That they have been the first people to say, "No, this is a lie," right? But they didn't. They seem to have capitulated to it. So that's one thing. Uh, let's take a question from Sadiq. You said that the intercession of the idols of Quraysh is shirk. How do we dis- distinguish that from Tawas? So no, it's we. It's not the intercession aspect. It's the validation of the idols. That's the problem. That validation of the idols. The concept of Tawassun is possible from one whom Allah has validated, such as a prophet or a mu'min. Okay? You would not go and ask Iblis for his dua. So the concept of seeking someone's dua to draw near to Allah is not the problem. The problem is who are you validating? So the validation of the idols is the problem. Okay. Nuweid Nuweid ibn Muhammad Naveed, his mother passed away. May Allah give her janatil firdaus without any hisab. May Allah Ta'ala make her uh, entrance into the grave and uh, wash her heart with with the coolness of Allah's mercy and forgiveness. And may Allah Ta'ala you, you unify you her with, uh, unite her with you in Jannah al-Firdaus. Okay. All right. I consider Malcolm X my first teacher in Islam. Read the autobiography in high school. Right. Unrelated to the topic, I read the tafsir of the story of Prophet Lut from the people destroyed. Did they include believers or was it people who did not believe in his prophethood? All the believers left and the definition of a believer is that one uh, uh, accepts the prophet of their time. Anyone who was a believer but did not accept Lut is not a believer. So believer is not just someone who recognizes Allah exists. It's one who submits to everything that Allah told him to submit to. So if Allah told you to submit to this prophet, and you say, no, Allah, I worship you only. And Allah said, you believe in this prophet. No, I'm not going to do that. 
then you're a kafir, right? Iblis knows Allah exists very well. He doesn't need to believe it. He knows it as a fact, okay? He lived in the heavens, but he refused to accept God's commands and belief, submission to a prophet. He refused to accept that. So he's a kafir, okay? Is Jum'ah two rakahs because uh, the two khutbas spiritually fulfill the position of the two rakahs of dhuhr? Can we say that? No, um, Jum'ah is its own ibadah, right? And it takes the place of dhuhr, right? If you don't pray Jum'ah, you pray dhuhr. Maybe there's two khutbas and two rakahs. So they are taking the place of the two rakahs of dhuhr. I guess, uh, yeah, and there's no ruling in that statement, right? But did you hear anything on that, Naz? Um, I think there's two opinions. Yeah. One of them is like, it's based on the question, is the default of the prayer two rakahs or is it four rakahs? Yeah. So if you say that the default is two rakahs mm -hmm. and dhuhr became four rakahs, then you're saying you're going back to the default yep. when you do Jummah. Okay. And then I think the other opinion is built off four. And then I think maybe they would say that the khutbah is, it takes the place of the two rakahs. Yeah. I, I don't think it's that deep. Basically. It's not that, yeah. And it's also not fully taking the place of the because Jummah can be prayed into Asr's time with no haraj. You're not sinful for delaying the Jummah into Asr's time. So technically, we could pray Jummah, be valid, pray Jummah at 7 yeah. p.m. We could. Yeah. Should we do it to revive this? This is a good solution <laughs> because what do they do? Like they'll they'll pray Jummah, yeah. like they'll follow the Hanbali like position, and they'll you know and mess, that's weak. mess around. Yeah. And that's weak. That's a weak position. Yeah. Why don't we just do it after the work day? Do it at no seven. Haraj. Do it five. People would riot though, you know. People do it at six, <laughs> yeah. right? And then um, you pray as long as you have time to pray one rakah of Asr within before Maghrib comes in. You could technically actually do Jummah at eight. PM, salam out, you call the ikam again, pray asr, hang out a little masjid, break your fast, pray maghrib. No. Have to be jummah before, before us. <laughs> yes. You pr if you miss the khutbah, no. If you catch anything with the imam, you only owe two rakas. Correct. No, uh, the, the rukua. You need to catch the rukua with the imam. Yes. Does not removing hair and nails applies to the days of Hajj or the first ten days, the whole ten days? Okay. I have a daughter from a previous marriage. If I remarry and have boys, are there any boundaries my daughter will have to observe with respect to interactions with the boys? No. Your daughters. You have a daughter. And you have boys. They are siblings by the father. Now the question becomes, you have a, a daughter. You marry a woman who has a boy. That's a problem. You need two separate homes at that point. Because that girl, you're, the step-sibling is nothing for us in Sharia. So your daughter and her son will be mahram to one another. Non-mahram to one another. Eventually. So when they're one years old, two years old, three years old, no problem. All the way up to 
while you're hitting 7, 8, and 9, and 10 on 11, that's where this tafriq starts to happen, separation. Then she's in high school, middle school and high school. She should be completely separate from him in middle school, high school. At the end of the day, you will eventually... Uh, the solution to that, though, is not something foreign. It's existed in our history. You have two homes. Simple as that. A home with your daughter, okay, and then your wife and her son will live in another home, and you should be the provider of both homes. You buy that second home too. So you own two homes. The wife and the son live there. That's your home, and this is your home, and you go back and forth. And the, and because of multiple marriages that had happened oftentimes in the history of Islam. It may be a bit expensive, but that's... Allah can open you the doors of a disk. Okay. If a place has a rule of not allowing outside food and drink, but they don't enforce it, are you sinful for bringing it in? So are you sinful for bringing your own candy from Walgreens to the cinema? That's what you really what you're asking, right? <laughs> uh, no, inshallah, you shouldn't be sinful for that. That is the action on that question, right? That's what people do all the time. Uh, Netflix is releasing live action One Piece soon. I have no clue what they're talking about. Naruto Shippuden, no clue. Shippuden, what is he talking about? <laughs> what is that exactly? It's, it's, an, it's, a, it's an anime or manga series, but I actually don't know what Shippuden means. I know it's a Japanese word for it. Mm. It Oh, it's a, one of the shows, anime. Yeah, What's the difference between manga and anime? Manga is actually just the published um, hard copy version. Anime is actually the adaptation for animation. Oh, I see. So, okay. And just remember, animation anime is short for animation in Japanese. That's all you have to know. Oh, okay. You know what's uh, something I've noticed? Yeah. This is so strange. Mm -hmm. It's almost like mass transmitted. Yeah. All the students have knowledge these days, mm -hmm. like vast majority of them, they watch anime. But vast, maybe when vast majority Egypt, of people. When I was in anime. Egypt, all these kids, like what they do for fun is watch anime. I don't understand. But they're that at they're all. normal about it. They're not like guys here in America, yeah. but. Well, I, I can uh, explain why, actually, because I, there's, I had a really interesting conversation with uh, Dr. Naoki Yamamoto, hmm. who is a Muslim convert right. from Japan who teaches with uh, Rajiv Sunter mm -hmm. in Turkey. And his theory is that the reason anime and manga is so uh, popular among students of knowledge is because of the universal truths, the fitra-centric truths that are in those stories hmm. more than anything else. Yeah, and he says that the one thing that he felt was mis uh, that was uh, unsuccessful in Japan with respect to dawa was that uh, dawa given to the Japanese was given in the w it used to be given in the way that we would give dawa here in the states um, or in Europe, which was more to focus on the internal. Mm -hmm. The Japanese are very much, uh, according to him, focused on ritual, adab. You know, if you go to a Japanese home, you know, do you take your shoes off? The Japanese tea ceremony. Yeah. So he said that was a way that uh, he felt would be the best way to introduce Islam to the Japanese. And it's very, it's very effective. But at, at the heart of it, he was saying basically those stories, when it comes to adab and those outer trappings, their other related elements are completely consistent with our tradition. So I think there's a, mm. you know, this uh, there's also this notion of the student master relationship is very much important. So yeah. you have the marid and you have the. Mm. So all of those themes, I think they find it very, very um, relatable. That's it's like what cathartic. It's, it's like, like cathartic yeah. because it's against the, the, the story. Because there's right. 
still in Japanese culture, regardless of what you say, there is respect for knowledge and respect for elders, even if the, maybe there's a difference of opinion what that knowledge is. Whereas here, there's no respect for knowledge or for elders. Mm. Right. So that's why they... So what exactly they, happens in an anime story? <laughs> Most, well, they're different. It's, uh, they're, they're, it's just a genre, well, see, right? Manga is, a, manga is basically, like I said, it's illustrated comic books yeah. in Japanese. So, so it's, 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 it's just actually, a story. So you, for example, if you go to Japan... And I went there. I was there 28 years ago. So it's still the same. Yeah. You would go there, and everybody on the on the uh, the trains. The trains were spotless, by the way. I have to say, amazingly spotless, mm -hmm. um, because they they believe that if you harm, th th it's all uh, this collective notion that everyone is we're all together in this. So you don't pollute or you know mm. because it's, you're upsetting others now. Yeah, exactly. So I just remember being on the train, and everybody was reading manga. This was before the uh, mm. business people. And the thing is, the manga story. So for example, you would have a a cooking manga. You would have a story about a, pl a politician. You would have a story. Like, every single possible story was in manga. But why would they need the drawing? Why not just write a novel? Because the, because the, because their language is very uh, illustrative. The, if you look at the Japanese language, it's it's mm. very different from the English letter system. Oh, well, it's it goes just, up to down. But, what, but no, but there's more. There's almost an artistic quality to the pieces. There's almost like... Uh, mm. I don't want to say it's like analogous to Arabic, but there's uh, there's a beauty to the Japanese language which lends itself to, uh, I guess you could say the the manifestation of storytelling through art versus just okay. the spoken word. But I have a question, just to, just as sidetrack, Japanese is written from up to down, right? I believe so. Yeah. So what is the texting like? I know. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's. Is the is the is the bubble like, on the right? Right. Yeah, it must yeah. be. So they must make a phone, especially where the software makes the bubble on the right. No, I think I think they go right to I think they go right to left to right. They do. Who I've goes up to down? Oh, both ways. Okay, yeah, so that's what I make sure because they taught us in school it goes up to down. But it can go both ways. Okay, interesting. <laughs> interesting. To see how this stuff intersects with technology. So okay, so they, uh, but anime in general, it's it's just any story. It's just the nature of the way you draw the people. Well, anime right? manga is is like I said, is the actual. Th those are the illustrations on the page. I'll yeah. just put it that way. That's a simplified version. So basically, yeah. it's anything that's illustrated on the page. On the, the anime is the animation. So it's the, it's the motion. I see. Oh, on TV, so uh, on a screen. Exactly. Yeah. So typically, what most mangaka, those are the people who are the manga creators, they're called mangaka. Their goal is to hopefully have an anime. That's what they ultimately. Uh, I see. Okay. So comic books. Are movies. the stepping stone to the anime. And do they make then an anime into a, uh, a a real like with actors? Most of the time they don't. That would like be the evolution it. to it, right? Well, because it's most of their stories are so difficult to adapt because there's so much there's so many wild elements to there. It's very most yeah. of the time it's, it's failed miserably because it's just you know. You so it's not like America where Spider-Man comic book, Batman comic book, Batman the sh the cartoon, Batman the movie with actors. Right, right. Like it's not like that. There's uh, someone mentioned in the notes. There was one piece. One yeah. piece is he, you, I think you were talking about this. The one thousand episode, and it's still going on now. It's not stopped. Wow. So they've adapted it for Netflix, and I saw the teaser trailer for it, and I'm familiar with the artwork, and most people I've spoken to said they don't want to watch the live action at all because basically the whole live action is what it's called. Most, yeah. and, and that's why again, it's maybe that's another reason why the students of knowledge are also more inclined towards anime and manga is because the art style itself. Oftentimes is not. Uh, it's an exaggeration, hyper exaggeration. So there's an absence uh, of realism to the work. Yeah, you see, what I'm saying. So it's not like American comics. They try to. Create, yeah, they it's try realism. To really recreate 
what's happening in the real world with them. It's, you know, wide eyeballs budging, bugging out and stuff. When yeah, yeah. Out. What's that all about? It's, it's just, a, it's just, it's just, that's a, that's a way of showing a surprise, you know, or there's, a, there's all, a, everyone's have huge eyes. No, there's just like certain, like if there's like, if you tell me something shocking, there'll be a panel where the eyeballs just go. Wide. I see. I see. So it's, it, there are these kind of hyper yeah. realities in there. So it's, it's, there's a, there's a, like I said, there's an absence of reality to the story, so I feel like maybe they feel it's a little bit safer. Well, Abed Niaz here wants to write an enemy story or, or a manga, so you can go sign up for Fictional Frontiers and see if they accept you. Um, yeah, we have a no. We have a new system of submissions. If you go to fictionalfrontiers.com, there's a formal process you have to go through because we've been getting so many submissions. We have to wow. make sure that things are... That's crazy. System. That is crazy. A couple of years ago, there was like uh, an anime, like an anime movie they made out of the what? The feed, the feed. The uh, uh, Abraha, Abraha and the elephant. And the elephant and like Abdul Muttalib and all. Yeah. Stuff. Wow. Anime. Anime movie. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Very that interesting. Actually, that was actually. Does the elephant have big eyes too? <laughs> 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 that was actually financed because in the Middle East, also in particular, that medium of storytelling has become very popular. Yeah. Worldwide. Yeah. This Worldwide. stuff. And so the Saudi uh, government wanted to actually, I guess, connect with. Actually, what it was more than is they had they had people in their universities who didn't have jobs, literally. Mm. So they said, let's connect with the Japanese animation studios and let's produce some content so our graduates have something to do. And that I was the story you. they had. Now, I had issues with them even doing that. They shouldn't have done that, in my opinion. But that's yeah. another. But that they did do that. Ajib, Ajib. Okay, Jay Perez takes us to a different subject: car financing. Is it okay? I tried the Riba free, but company doesn't service in his state. Need it for work. Okay. I cannot say halal or haram, to be honest with you, as a fatwa. We know the qaida darurat to be mahdurat. Absolute darura. Make something haram to be halal. Uh, you can assess if it's an absolute darura. There's no other option to buy the car. Is it fathomable? Of course it's fathomable. Uh, buy a car directly, you're going to right? Uh, need to finance that too. You have to finance it. You can't buy cash, right? Unless it, some people don't have the cash. Lease a car, is that an option? I guess some people will tell you that's an option. Right, lease the car. I don't so know. With respect to that, what I've heard is that people will, they'll take the amount, they'll calculate the amount of what the interest would be over that period of time. Hmm. And then they add it to the total amount. So in essence, what you're saying is, okay, if the car is 50000 you're saying over that you know, eight-year period of time, it's going to be 58000 So I will pay you $58,000 for the car, but there will be zero interest. It's the same total amount. But that would have been halal. Yeah. How do you actually forget a clearly shaitanic whisper? You can get it removed by... Very intense remembrance of Allah and recitation of Quran, and those things will go away. Any advice for anyone wishing to set up a primary school? No, my advice is when you want to do something massive like this, start off with the very smallest thing, such as kindergarten, I guess, would be, and then just start it. And then deal with next year when it comes, so on and so forth. Okay. When does a boy become a mahram for his mom, sister? Is it a certain age when he reaches puberty? Well, he's always a mahram, but...
but in, in terms of acting as a mahram is after puberty. Otherwise, he's um, not really considered a man. He's just a child, right? When he becomes size of of the size and the physical maturity that you can say that this is now a mahram, he can actually help you. He can actually protect you. Okay. Chocolate Wall says, imagine if Alex Jones had access to TikTok in his prime. Not just Alex Jones, there's another guy out of England with the blonde hair. This guy has every conspiracy theory you can think of in the in the books. And this guy actually had some credibility to some of his theories up till one where he just went nuts and he uh, um, created this idea of the lizard people. You're, uh, you've heard of this? Yeah. Oh, he's very famous in England. Blonde hair. And maybe five out of ten of his crazy conspiracies may have been right. Correct? He was onto something. But then his last one was that all the great powerful people of the world are not actually people. They're lizards. Right? I think this David is- Icke. Yes. Samir got it. David Icke is a Majnun yeah. in that respect. But uh, let's let's see what what uh, the internet says about him. I think they do this stuff on purpose. Where a lot of these guys they uncover a conspiracy, like Alex Jones. This whole demon uh, devil worshiping stuff that he uncovered was real. He was a pre- he was a right wing guy always. Yeah. But that that whole like ceremony that he uncovered. Yeah. He literally experienced it, and they they, they didn't even like they were caught red handed. Yep. They couldn't even say anything. I think what ends up happening is when they realize you got these people were like really starting to dig deeper. Yep. They start feeding these guys a lot of misinformation. Mm. And these guys go paranoid because there's people who are there whose their job becomes to make like drive these people crazy. Yeah. So I think Alex Jones is crazy now. Yeah. But I think he was probably normal. Onto something. He was onto something. And to throw him off the scent, yep. they start just feeding him so much stuff and it seems credible. But I don't even think that the internet that they browse is the same as the internet that we browse. I'm sure that he's getting different stuff Everything is wiretapped, everything, and they're just feeding him misinformation, misinformation. Mm, must be. Just to, and because, to create, you, because you, 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 you caught us, yeah. now we need to make sure that you're totally crazy. Yeah. There's no need, no point in negating what you say, but let him say, other, that's a great uh, analysis of things. Dave Chappelle, same thing happened with him. Yeah. He said, this is why he quit the industry. He said that, like, they were like, oh, you really think people were going, like, trying to make you go crazy? He's like, mm-hmm. no, I know that wow. people were trying to make me go crazy. Wow. There's a famous Oprah interview, yeah. and he's describing his experience. He's like, no, no, I know for a fact that yeah. they're trying to do this. For what reason? Just, why not? Like, it's because, like, powerful people want to have people under their control. But what did he uncover that was t- sensitive? It's just, the like, it's because when his someone trajectory? gets too... Yeah, it's a mm. trajectory. Too smart. Too smart and whatnot. And it's yeah. just because powerful people... When you got like a young guy like this who's out mm-hmm. of the industry, who's starting to talk about stuff, yeah. you want him to be under your influence. Mm. So whatever type of influence for Dave Chappelle, sense. it's a different type of crazy. Yep. Look at how what they did to Kanye, for example. Yeah. It always happens, this type of stuff. Feed them inform- mm-hmm. misinformation until they go crazy. Yep. Well, in 1990, Ike visited a psychic who told him you're on a purpose and you're, uh, you're here for a purpose and you're going to receive messages from the spirit worlds. Jen, obviously. This led him to claim in 1991 to, I mean, we got West West. We believe in West West. So this is nothing. This means no, no, no shock there. In 1991, he, this led him to claim 
that he was the son of the Godhead and that the world would soon be devastated by tidal waves and earthquakes. Like I said, what Majnun? No way to do it to, to, to understand inspirations. That yeah. if you were as a Muslim, we would say, just west west, man, stop. Recite Surah and Falak Wanas. Now he then repeated this on the BBC and it led to a public ridicule. He was actually a soccer player, then he was a soccer broadcaster. He was a commentator for soccer, football they call it. Okay. He then started writing books for the next decade on his worldview and his new age uh, conspiracy theories. Okay. His reactions to his endorsements of anti-Semitic fabrications, uh, the protocol of the elders of Zion. He promoted that hard. Okay. In his book, The Robots Rebellion and The Truth Shall Set You Free. And then his publishers uh, dropped him when he went against the Jews. Okay. When he went and he said the protocols of the elders of Zion is true, um, then his publishers dropped him. Um, Ike contends that the universe consists of vibrational energy and infinite dimensions sharing the same space. He claims that there is an interdimensional race of reptilian beings. See, that's what I'm telling you. Reptiles. Uh, that are Arkans. This is fiction right here this is imagination massive imagination you can make a movie out of this so these reptilian beings are are they're called the archons and the anunnaki and they have hijacked the earth okay wow movies fictional frontiers okay genetically modified humans are the archon hybrid race Okay, reptilian shape shifters, shape the shape shifters, who actually uh, have existed from the way back of the time of the Babylonian Brotherhood and the Illuminati, and they manipulate events to keep humans in fear. Okay, the Archons, these reptilian people, they feed what's their energy, the negative energy of humans fear of humans as long as humans are afraid the archon's getting stronger bro why don't you just go to hollywood they would have they would have they would have taken the story it's like a series never ending like star wars the archons versus the humans he claims that many public figures are actually ancient descendants of the babylonian brotherhood and their archons and they're initiating the new world order an era that has no truth and ends all freedom of speech he sees the only way to defeat such archontic influence is for people to wake up to the truth and fill their hearts with love. Critics have accused Ike of being anti-Semitic and a Holocaust denier with his theories of reptilians serving as code for Jews. And Ike strongly denies this. Okay, let me tell you something. Um, these guys are really off the deep end, but honestly... If he was to have made this as a manga or as a, a, a manuscript for a movie, it would be something, right? Well, there was something like remember V. V, which the guy? Show V back in the day, the TV show. It was, it was in the eighties. Oh, I, I missed that one. The, the alien. There was a story about aliens coming to Earth. Yeah. Oh, because they were the V. Well, no, they, they were V for visitors. That's oh, V for visitors. Okay. So they came to Earth and. <laughs> uh, 
they look like us. Yeah. And they were going to give us technology in exchange for our water, but the story yeah. behind it was actually they were uh, not really wanting the water. It was not the water. They wanted us. Yeah. So they were... To eat us. To eat us, to smuggle people. So it was... Wow. Interesting. Was the 80s, so it already there was already an NBC, so he's kind of behind the curve. I mean, you could actually make the argument that L. Ron Hubbard with Scientology created a whole, if you want to call it quote-unquote religion... Yeah, religious kind of business out of this. Because he has this idea that there are these beings of light and all yeah. that stuff and... No, I, I think David Icke should have uh, made this into a fictional story, right? Uh, more people would have been into it. You know, the archons versus the humans. All right, Bint Khalil has an important question. Did the prophet go out of time and space? Okay. In the Israel marriage? No, the prophet was in time and in space. Yes, Allah is outside of time and is transcendent beyond time and space. And where the prophet went, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, in the highest heavens, was where he received the tajalli, the manifestation that Allah wanted him to receive. There is no concept of going somewhere to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You go somewhere to receive a manifestation from Allah, a tajalli from Allah. Okay, so Allah is not in a location somewhere in the in the sky somewhere and that the Prophet went there. No, the Prophet went up to the heavens, to the highest heaven to receive the strongest possible manifestation. The highest level of, of, of time and space. So when you said his heart was open earlier, mm -hmm. was that because... Could it be interpreted as such that it, it was such a, I mean, to experience as a human being, yeah. that if any other, if, if a human being, anybody experienced that they would, I don't want to say go insane, but they would lose, because to experience that yeah. is just beyond humans' limit. Here's the thing. Whenever malaika come and do, and, and there is an amazing spiritual experience between a human and a tajalli of Allah or an angel, the sign of it is that the hum it is accepted by the human heart. You'll accept it. And it is a sakina. Right? It's a sakina. So it's accepted. The human heart will accept, absorb it and accept it without fear. In fact, it'll be a source of ecstasy for them, like, uh, happiness. Now I'm really interested in this Ike guy. <laughs> We're going to close out by, by seeing some of this, this insanity. He was the middle son of three bo boys... Born seven years apart. He was born in Leicester General Hospital. Okay. He served in the Royal Air Force as a medic in World War II. Interesting. Then he became a clerk for a clock factory. That's probably where his imagination started taking off. Okay. When he was three, they moved, all right, to, they became poor, council estates, etc., all right. Blah, blah, blah. Then he, he made no effort in school. When he was nine, he was chosen uh, for the football team, and he was a successful football player. He kept failing his school exams, but he kept succeeding in football, blah, blah, blah. Who cares about all this? I need to know about his craziness. Conspiracy theories. Here we go. New Age philosophical discussions are combined uh, with the universe, consciousness, and conspiracy theories about public figures. So those are the three ingredients. New Age philosophical ideas, okay, conspiracy theories, and a public figure. Public figure, that's what gets all our attention. You, public theory about Bill Clinton or whatever. Uh, New Age philosophical ideas about vibration and all that. And then conspiracy theories about events. It's brilliant. It's really brilliant to be uh, as as it could have been um, 
you know, Hollywood. So the public figures are reptilian humanoids and pedophiles. So you really hate them. He argues in favor of re reincarnation and collective consciousness that has intentionality, modal realism, and he applies vibration and laws of attraction. Okay. And he wrote The Biggest Secret. He introduced the idea that many prominent figures derive from the Anunnaki, a reptilian race, from the Draco constellation. Sounds like Jin. Yeah. <laughs> What's his, his inspiration, I guess? He says, in next book, Human Race, Get Off Your Knees, The Lion Sleeps No More. Um, really good title there. He identifies the moon and Saturn as a source of holographic experience broadcast by the reptiles that humanity interprets as reality. We talked today about fiction, nonfiction. This is right here, gold in terms of fiction, right? The fact that a human actually believes this is the scary, sad part, right? But uh, Ike is an opponent of, scientific of the scientific method. Of course he is, right? <laughs> Describing it as bollocks. Is that like a curse in England? Yeah. Huh? Okay, is that really bad? Did I just say something really bad? Okay. Uh, when asked by the Sunday Times to explain the existence of TV, he said it's not that all science is bollocks, but rather the basis of the way science judges reality is. He also thinks climate change is a hoax. Not, no surprise, I'm sure he voted for Trump too. Uh, he believes that there are infinite number of dimensions, that the universe is made up of vibrational energy because of infinite number of dimensions that share the same space, just like TV and radio frequencies, and that some people can tune their consciousness to another wavelength. He definitely can, for sure. He's, he's on a way another wavelength. He said in The Guardian, our five senses can... Why were they interviewing him? Uh, our five senses... There must have been no news, so just put David Icke on. <laughs> our five senses can access only a tiny frequency range, like a radio tuned into one station. In the, in, in the space you are occupying now, all are, are all the radio and TV stations broadcasting to your area. You can't see them, and they can't see each other because they're on different wavelengths. So we know that. But move your radio dial, and suddenly there they are. In the same, it is the same with the reality we experience here as life. What we call the world and the universe is only one frequency range in an infinite number sharing the same space. Ike believes that time is an illusion. There is no past or future. The only is the infinite now is real. Uh, that humans are an aspect of consciousness or infinite awareness, which he describes as all that there is, has been, and ever can be. He read some Sufi books, it looks like. Okay, that's through some Sufism in there, right? Okay. Then there's the reptoid humanoids. This guy is something... Man, the Draco constellation, and he calls it for momentum, so be a scanum. All right, Sieve Uranagrophia by Johannes Helvelis. Uh, Ike's reptoid hypothesis posits that humanity is ruled by the descendants of the reptilians from Draco. Ike believes that an interdimensional race of reptilian beings called the Archons have hijacked the earth and are stopping humanity from realizing its true potential. He claims they are the same beings as Anunnaki deities from the Babylonian creature uh, Enuma Elis and the fallen angels or the watchers who mated with human women 
in the biblical apocrypha and then produce this race. Wow. Fix this is fictional frontiers, man. He believes that a genetically modified human slash Arkan hybrid race of shape shifting reptilians, known as the Babylonian Brotherhood, also known as the Illuminati, manipulate global events to keep humans in constant fear. All right, and they feed off this negative energy. He identifies the Brotherhood as descendants of reptilians in the from the constellation Draco. I'm not going to read any more, just out of for the sake of self respect. But it it is really this guy's got an imagination. And the fact that he actually believes this stuff, he must be getting some serious, serious Wiswes. Like, this guy is beyond uh, Wiswes at this point. Okay. All right, Asadiq, closing comments. There is actually a website dedicated to Muslim-themed manga slash anime. MuslimManga.org. Okay. Uh, Oz, any closing remarks? No. Don't we believe that jinn are three types and there one of them is like a reptile? I don't know. I never heard of that. There are a lot of types of jinns. A lot of types. Password unavailable says, looks like he read Ibn Arabi and remixed it. <laughs> That's why I said, yeah, throw some Sufism in there. We're just a manifestation of a... This is when when you drink coffee before bed. <laughs> right? Yeah. This is like also eating uh, have any heavy food, sleep without a cover. Right? You'll have all this stuff. Okay. Thoughts on the minor view of divorcing a on a woman's menses to be sinful but valid. Yes, it is sinful but valid. You divorce woman upon hide, it is sinful but valid. You divorce woman upon a tohr, a purification, in which you did have intercourse in it, it is valid but makruh. It's makruh but valid. Were you able to get an answer from Sheikh Rami? I need you to WhatsApp me the question again. The divorcing a woman on her height is sinful but valid, and it counts as a divorce. Can you recite one of Allah's names any number of times? I heard that you need the shiuch to do those directly like that. But except for like, Ya Rahman, Ya Rahim, Ya Latif, Ya Karim, those you can. Inshallah, should not be a problem with them. But other names? North Korean survivor, can I work in a meat factory that produces pork? No, a Muslim cannot produce pork. But if the factory is producing pork over there and I'm producing lamb over here, yes, no problem. Just like if a ShopRite uh, signs, uh, get a job in ShopRite to manage their vegetables and fruits, that's valid for you. It's not your business now that they sell something that is forbidden somewhere else in the store. Okay. Uh, the media took a soundbite from Alex Jones about tap water turning frogs gay. He was, this guy's unstoppable. There's so much material. He was roundly made fun of, also turned out to be true. <laughs> turned out to be true? That we have to look up. You're in the science field, Ahmed. Check it out. 
There was that one movie, I don't know if you saw it, the, uh, A Beautiful Mind, about yeah. John Nash. I, I think he was at Princeton, wasn't he? He actually was someone that he, he actually reminds me of him because he was a brilliant mathematician. Yeah. And he actually, in his own mind, thought he was working for the government and trying to dec- decode messages in newspapers. Yep, he won Majnun. He won Majnun, but then... He actually, I think, eventually won uh, the Nobel Prize in mathematics. Yeah, he did uh, come up with some theory, yeah. But uh, he did spend too much time alone and um, went Majnun. But he he was a Majnun that wasn't harming anybody, just harming himself and his family in the sense that he couldn't function anymore properly. Mm -hmm. But um, really interesting stuff here about today, talking about fiction, nonfiction, and all these things. Um, This David Icke... Amazing stuff that you know uh, people uh, live like this, right? And they and they continue to. He's still going. He's not stopped yet. Ladies and gentlemen, Jazakumullah khairan. We got to run. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Nashadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa al-asr. Inna al-insan la fi khusr illa al-ladina amanu wa aminu salihat wa tawasaw bil-haq wa tawasaw bil-sabr. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Shiva, Shiva,